This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Thursday, July 11th. My name is Dan Ellis. This is episode 257. I'm joined in studio by... Matt. Matt. <laughs> I don't know if I was going to say his name or not. I was halfway about ready to say mine, then I said his. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Matt. It's the three of us. Yay. All three are reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> huh. I think the awesome. song's about something else. <laughs> it is awesomes. Uh, what have you guys been doing? Working overtime. Yeah. I worked overtime this week. Yeah. And it gets to that, like, I, it was already projected, but then it gets to be, like, the night before, and it's like, I don't get to go home tomorrow. I got to stay a whole Fuck. nother day. God damn it. And then shit kept breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Shit kept breaking. Like, kept breaking? trucks. Oh. Like, trucks were breaking? Yeah. It happens It happens quite often. Were but they also popping and locking? No. <laughs> no, I wish they were popping and locking. It was, it was banging. Oh, yeah. It was banging. Yeah. Apparently, it was supposed to be banging. Oh, she bang, she bang. Yeah, yeah. But everyone else is like, "That's not making a good noise right now." The mechanic's like, "No, it's good." Was it just the engine? Uh, the the actual fire pump. You pump fire onto fire? Well, it's called a fire pump. <laughs> it pumps the water out of the truck. Uh huh. It's the what? This the pump on the engine. Oh. Of one of our our wildland trucks. Pump wasn't pumping. It was pumping, but it was also making a knocking noise, hmm. like a. Like like a like a sloppy clap like like a sloppy clap <laughs> <laughs> or like a loose PTO that's banging on the inside of the <laughs> pump. That's why I said it was banging PTO. Yeah, what's that? Uh, power takeoff. Or... So do you do you just assume we're gonna know that? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I assume. So thinking <laughs> paid time off. What? No. Yeah. So you have the engine of the truck that delivers power through an axle to your back tires. Mm-hmm. But it also needs to use that same engine to deliver power to the pump on the engine that rotates and spits the water out. Mm-hmm. So you have a PTO it's that converts fire pump. Yeah, so that that converts <laughs> power over to another drive shaft that then drives a pump. Oh, mm. hmm. fancy. Yeah. So what was banging in there? Apparently, it was normal banging noise. I'm like, oh, okay, mechanic. Mm. Mm. And now it's fine. Hopefully it doesn't blow up. It is banging. This one already blew up once. Yeah. The transmission blew up in it once already. And then we got that one back from the transmission blowing up in it. And the people that worked on it left it outside in freezing temperatures without taking all the water out of the line. So we got it back and we tested the pump on it. (laughs) And there was water spraying fucking everywhere because valves and lines were just fucking cracked. Awesome. Like, this isn't right. Nice. And did so. they did they pay to fix all of that? Yep, they broke it. Oh wow! But now it's not under warranty anymore. So if anything else breaks, we're all it's fucked. Hmm. I see. And and you were not here last week, right? We missed you. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what you been doing? Same old. Same, same old. old. Same old. Same old. 
Tattoo and melons. Things are bittersweet <laughs> right now. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. Well, that's good. Glad that's to have you here. Bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you here. Is it a symphony? <sighs> bittersweet symphony? <laughs> yeah. What song is that from? Uh, it's from the song Bittersweet Symphony. The Verve. Is, I think... it, is that the name of the song? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. That slides. Or glides. It's a bittersweet symphony that does something. Honestly, it's the only part of the song I can think of right now, because you said bittersweet, and the next word that's popped in my head was symphony. I think it's slides. Anyway, hmm. uh, I have just been super busy with work. The new puppy's doing very well. Uh, she's getting over her pneumonia. She had pneumonia when we got her, because yeah. she was from the puppy mill. And so she's been on Clavamox. A couple as, rounds of it. As soon as I walked in the door today, she tried to eat my pants. Yeah, yeah. She's very spry. <laughs> she's feisty. She's she's she fiery. Seems happy. She's super cuddly. Yeah, very happy. She's just she's a really sweet dog. Uh potty training is still an issue, but she's going down the stairs by herself now. Yay. Yeah. And it's adorable because she like there's a little bit of a pause and then it's just like, fuck it, I'm going. And she just <laughs> brrm, down the stairs. It just kind of slides on her belly over the edge and <laughs> goes down them really, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, that's all going very well. And she's just fucking adorable. Uh, so, this week, there has been a lot of news about Home Depot and its uh, initial co-founder and former CEO, Bernard Marcus, and the fact that he's a billionaire and is going to be contributing money to the Trump campaign. And so... People on the left side saw that, you know, former Home or Home Depot founder yeah. is contributing money to Trump campaign. And they went, I'm not going to shop at Home Depot anymore now. And it's been driving me nuts because it seems like a silly, 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 super silly, dumb thing to do. Because he is the original co-founder, former CEO, who retired in 2002. I believe. Okay, so he's been going a while. So it's been 17 years that he has had no control over Home Depot, what they do, what they do as a company, their policies, anything like that. And people want to boycott this company because he, at one time 17 years ago, was affiliated with it. And that just seems like such a boneheaded thing to do. And... So are we sure he is no longer collecting his large sums of money from Home Depot anymore? He's not employed by Home Depot. I, yeah. what, my, I don't know what money he would be collecting. Well, I don't know if he was them. still a major. Well, if you were a shareholder. Well, even if he's a shareholder. He's got no. So, so, the, so the purpose of a boycott, right, is to change company behavior, mm-hmm. right? But if the person who's causing you to boycott the company has no say in what the company yeah. does, and then well, boycotting the company because of that person is just fucking dumb. And it's not Home Depot that's giving the money. Right. It's not like we had kind of mentioned earlier, uh, like with the uh, Hobby Lobby, where the Green family directly associates oh, yeah. Hobby yeah, Lobby with Hobby their Lobby. stuff and donating yeah. money to nonprofits and all that kind of stuff, where it's kind of like, no, it's you more directly align your company with this shitty stuff you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the company itself and the owners doing shit as the company. Yeah. You know, fucking over their female uh, employees by not providing... Uh, birth control yeah. and being closed on. I mean, just there's a whole list of things that are wrong with fucking Hobby Lobby. 
but this this outrage and outcry by people who are boycotting Home Depot just seems incredibly misplaced and dumb. Like, Home Depot is a really good company to work for, according to everybody who that I've read anywhere as an employee says, no, it's a great company. They offer same-sex benefits. They have a, they offer pet insurance. They are very progressive in a lot of their policies. They have, um, they, they also have, uh, trans protective policies. They're, they're a good progressive company to work for and left-wingers. And it's part of this whole culture that goes on now where all people do uh, is read headlines. And of course the headlines are deliberately made so that they're caustic. They're, yeah. They want you to react to it, and people don't really read much beyond the head. Well, because also with this guy, if you said his name, I'd be like, oh, who the fuck is he? Yeah. But Marcus you associate yeah. Home Depot, like, oh, I know Home Depot. Yeah. I know that company, but I have no fucking clue. I've never heard of Marcus Bernard in my life. Yeah, well, and apparently... So his politics are obviously fucked, like, because he backs Trump. It's That's your... He's... Just fucking wrong and stupid there for for backing Trump. Well, he's also old, so they do get a little senile there. <laughs> he's, towards the he's an old white guy, so yeah, he's still a piece of shit. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, as far but, as donating to Trump, but he's also quite the philanthropist. He's uh, pledged to donate ninety percent of his six billion dollar fortune to uh, to charities. He's mm-hmm. he's donated all over the place. Let me actually, I had an article here. Let me pull that up. Uh, he, little, uh, let's see, before he's done, the 90 year old Home Depot co-founder predicts he'll give away billions more. Uh, he's donated 2 billion already to more than 300 organizations throughout the world over the course of his life. And these aren't, you know, right wing quote unquote, you know, scare quotes, charitable causes like a Catholic, like, like churches and shit yeah, like that. It's, or the Trump organization. Yeah. Yeah, uh, God, there, I don't know if it's listed in here, but I mean, he, he built a huge aquarium, I believe in Georgia for like $200 million. He's, uh, donating money to all kinds of charitable causes. But I mean, and, and that's all kind of beside the point. It's the main thing for me is I don't understand why people would boycott a company based on the fact that it was co-founded by a guy who has had, like I said, well, he retired in 2002. He doesn't, he doesn't get to say what Home Depot does. He doesn't set policy. He doesn't do any of that shit. Well, and as we've seen, like people on the right are usually, uh, will vote on one thing, religion or getting rid of abortion and don't care about the rest of the stuff. We're on the left. We seem to be, you did one thing wrong. Now, I like the 50 other things you got, but since you did that one thing wrong, fuck you. Yeah. It's the, it's the whole idea that you have to be ideologically <clears throat> pure. And that just doesn't fly because not everybody is going to agree on 100% of things. And that's something we've talked about this before on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I have arguments with people all the time where we agree on like 99% of the thing and they disagree with me on one thing and they lose their fucking minds. And all of a sudden, Oh, I used to respect you. I used to, I used to think you're a good guy. And now I know that you're just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because I disagree with, with you, you on, on this. One and thing I'm asking for some more information, you know, hoping that you'll change my mind to the way that you think, mm-hmm. but you're not supplying me any reason to do that. It just seems really fucking dumb. It's just, I get in arguments all the time with people who are like, well, 
I used to have such respect for you and now I don't anymore. And it's like, I don't fucking know you. You're some <laughs> person on my Facebook that I may have met once, if ever at all. And you saying you don't respect me is supposed to affect me in How? what way? Like that's supposed to make me change my mind by, you know, putting me down and appealing to emotion. I'm going to go, oh, well, geez, I, I'm really sorry. I should rethink my whole outlook on life that I've pissed off this one random yeah. person on the Internet. I can't lose Zeke's respect. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. My un my shitty uncle's name is Zeke. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to think of like a hipster name real quick. Yeah, my super right-wing, gun-toting, Trump-humping, ah. idiot uncle is named Zeke. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Yeah, it's totally fitting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I couldn't have picked a more perfect name. For what a fucking douchebag this guy is. I got some sort of like mind reading, fortune telling brain going on here. <laughs> You're off the show. Fuck. <laughs> oh no, Ryan, you woo master. <laughs> but no, it just, it, if somebody out there can explain to me why this is a good idea to boycott Home Depot because of this, I'm open to hearing it, but I put this out on Facebook yesterday. And a bunch of people are like, yeah, you should boycott them. And a bunch of other people are like, yeah, it seems silly to me. And the people who are like, yeah, you should boycott them. Just in asking them questions about it, they stop responding or they just get really snarky and shitty. And it's like, dude, I'm just trying to like have a conversation with you here. I haven't been antagonistic. I'm just trying to figure out why you think it's a good idea to boycott. And everybody who is like, yeah, you should boycott. It's just, I read a headline that said this. Yeah. No, I mean, you if gotta he, read past the fucking headline, man. If he is was actively using current revenue from that company to do something, in you know that's it's big money he's putting up, so it's a big deal. Actively using that money towards something you don't like or a cause that you do not agree with, then might be like, okay, yeah, then okay, if you want to boycott that, boycott it. But if yeah, or he's or not if he actively still, doing that, yeah, or if he were still you know acting as CEO of the company, then you would perhaps want to boycott the company to force a change where they would remove him as CEO. But that th none of that is happening. Like the whole purpose of a boycott is to get the company to change their policies. But this Home Depot hasn't fucking done anything. It's yeah. all this private individual yeah. and they're, and people yep. are saying to boycott Home Depot. It's like, I, I, there, there's a huge disconnect there that either I'm way, way off base and totally fucking wrong here. Or a lot of people are just being really, no, I agree. Logical and dumb about it. I, I think I agree with you. Uh, I know I, I agree with you. I'm thinking Matt's probably in the same boat. Yeah. That if it was Home Depot donating billions of dollars to Trump's re-election campaign, like, oh, okay. Well, and that's it too. Like, people see that he has, you know, five point six billion or six billion dollars or whatever billions of dollars, yeah. and that he's going to give ninety percent of it away, and that he's donating to Trump. And in their mind, that means he's given Trump billions of dollars for his for his, well, for his campaign. Technically, no, that, that's not how it fucking works. An individual can't give more than billions 10, 000, of dollars. I think it's ten thousand dollars. Is the is a ten thousand dollar cap? Well, he can contribute to to PACs and all kinds of stuff like that without yeah. giving money directly to the campaign. Yeah, but for a direct campaign contribution, because that's yeah, I, I'm I thought not it was entirely because sure that's what, the what uh, is. I think that for individuals, it might be went to jail for because yeah. he was. Using fake companies he created to funnel yeah, more money to companies campaigns, to, yeah. and like you donated like thirty thousand dollars to this guy's campaign, which way exceeded the campaign mm -hmm. finance limit that yeah. you're allowed to. There's campaign contribution limit. Yeah, yeah, but that's just it too. Like, like, like I said, you know, people figure that he's going to be donating 
you know, billions of dollars. Like there's never been a campaign that required billions of dollars no. for an individual uh, politician. And you can't give that much as an individual anyway. Sure, he could give money to, to PACs, but he's also not giving all of his wealth to that. He's yeah. Somebody, I, I asked somebody, I was like, so, well, how much is he going to be contributing? A hundred million dollars. And I'm like, okay, well, can you tell me where you found that information? It was in the news. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over. No, it was, I think it was all, it's all over the news. And I'm like, <clears throat> great. So it should be easy for you to find even one source and yeah. provide a link mm -hmm. to that so that, you know, I can know a little bit more information and they just ghost. They don't reply. Nothing. It's fucking frustrating. Yes. So that that's been my last few days is arguing with people about that. Um, we have more stuff going on that we'll be talking about and we'll do that in just a moment. Okay. This is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God and Sex, Power, and Partisanship, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. A puddle wakes up one morning and thinks, this is a very interesting world I find myself in. It fits me very neatly. In fact, it fits me so neatly. I mean, really precise, isn't it? It must have been made to have me in it. And the sun rises and is continuing to narrate the story about this hole being made to have him in it. And the sun rises and gradually the puddle is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And by the time the puddle ceases to exist, it's still thinking, it's still trapped in this idea that the, the hole was there for it. And if we think the world is here for us, we will continue to destroy it in the way that we've been destroying it because we think we can do no harm. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. I forgot to mention before we finished that opening segment that if any of our listeners have some information that I'm missing about the whole Home Depot, Bernard Marcus thing, or you think I'm wrong, please let me know. Because if I am wrong, then I would like to not be wrong. So please yeah. let me know where I have gone wrong. And so that I can correct that in the future and be less wrong about things. Uh, but uh, what 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 you got well, for us this week? I, I oh. just wanted I just want to give oh. this number up real quick. So okay. I just looked it up. Uh, to each candidate, or an individual may give twenty eight thousand dollars to each candidate and five thousand dollars to each super PAC. That is the campaign limit. Hmm. So you just need to create like, you know, a couple couple hundred thousand. Uh, well, packs, and then he could give all of his billions to those, and they could funnel those. But I mean, even just doing a direct donation to Donald Trump's campaign, the max is twenty eight hundred dollars, thousand, twenty eight, two thousand eight hundred. Individual may give. Oh, really? That yeah, seems that seems really low. Oh, I thought it was more than that. I did too. I thought it was closer to like ten thousand. Is that well? Hmm. It's, okay. It says contribution limits for 2019-2020. From OpenSecrets.org. Huh. I thought it was more than that. I did, too. Maybe it's companies or corporations can give more? That might be what like a corporation might be. That might have been the $10,000 But why? They're people. Limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why Why do some people get to give more than other people? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Corporations are people, my friend. Okay, Matt. Uh, what, <laughs> what you got for us this week, Matt? Uh, the Freedom of 
from Religion Foundation is asking the city of Florence to rescind $38,000 in matching funds it provided to the Salvation Army to assist with the construction of a shelter to serve homeless residents. Why would they want the money back? Because it's a Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. It's a religious organization. Yep. In February, the council voted to match a $38,250 grant from the, of course, it's Alabama Department of Economic and Community Affairs. The grant money, along with $88,000 provided by the Salvation Army, won't be used to fund the $165,000 project. Uh, In addition to a shelter that would be open uh, 365 days a year, the project would include a a day center where job skills and GED classes could be taught two days a week. Shelter would be constructed at the Salvation Army's building on Huntsville Road in East Florence. Should have cut that from the article. (laughs) In a letter to Florence Mayor Steve Holt dated June 12th, the Wisconsin-based Freedom from Religion Foundation claims the city may not use its resources to assist religious ministry projects. Mm. Quote, the Salvation Army is not merely a charity or chain of thrift stores. It's a church denomination with an evangelical mission. Salvation Army's website includes a set of position statements on various political and social issues, all which refer to biblical scriptures. Mm-hmm. And they don't like the gay peoples. Mm. Yeah. That's right. I guess I guess when you first said that, I was kind of not thinking about it being a uh, evangelical type thing. But like, it's a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if the city needs a homeless shelter, it needs a homeless shelter. Not yeah. To, right. If... If it's their homeless shelter, and then they can proselytize in it and do all the other kind of stuff. The surface optics are bad on that because most people know the Salvation Army as that the homeless shelter, thrift store type thing. You know, the bell ringers outside. Yeah, Yeah. I I was I was kind of thinking in my head that it wouldn't be ran by them when you first said it. Like it'd be ran by the city, but if it's something that it's it is the Salvation Army's homeless shelter, then kind of like yeah, that city shouldn't be giving money. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, sh- they shouldn't be doing that. And it it goes along with the whole Republican plan for doing away with socialized care of people, right? Like right. in order to get rid of Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, all of that shit. What they do is they drop everybody's taxes. You know, they they cut taxes on everybody, so people aren't paying into the coffers. Then they run up huge fucking debts, and they go, oh. Well, now we need to cut back on these social programs. Yep. So then let's cut those back. And then we're going to cut some more taxes and the debt goes up and they go, oh, now we need to cut even more out of the. It's all a big fucking ploy to help or to try to get rid of the things that the Republicans don't want to pay for. Yeah. Or the way the Trump tax cuts work. Ours go up and corporates don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Corporations keep more and everybody else gets fucked. The Establishment Clause of the First Amendment prohibits the government from endorsing particular churches or religious messages, Jane wrote. Holt said that the city might not respond to the organization's letter. I don't know why they wouldn't, but... uh, We may have an issue with their facts, Holt said. It's not our intention to respond to it. We're confident we did the right thing. So, who fucking cares what the law says? We're going to do it anyway because we feel really strongly about it. I had a I had a vision of Jesus, and he said we need to do it. So I ain't now, taking it back. If if the Salvation Army feels so greatly that they need to help these people out, why don't they donate the money that they were going to use to build it to the city, so the city can build one? Mm-hmm. There you go. And then the city and the city or can state use can the funds run it. that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a much better idea. Yep. City Council President Dick Jordan said he wants to get an opinion from the city attorney, Bill Musgrove, which should have been done prior yeah. to the handing out of funds, which, by the way, Alabama doesn't have 
any funds to be throwing away like this. Sidebar, I went and looked some stuff up. And oh. as of earlier today, Alabama had a debt of $27 billion. Whoa! With a population of 5 million. 95,000 are unemployed and 720 are on food stamps. That's almost a fifth. Wow. Well, Alabama was one of the states where I had watched a documentary where it had Doctors Without Borders working within our own borders. They're like, it's having people come there. It's like, it's, they were doing third world medicine in parking lots of like, uh, football stadiums for these people that have no health insurance, giving them, fixing their teeth, fixing glaucoma, just doing stuff that like, we can't afford to pay for this. So we just let it go. And you know, what kills me is I'm sure most of the people who went there are right wing Republicans. Yep. Right wing dipshits who vote against all of that. Yeah. Who yep. Pretty much voted themselves into the position that they're in now, and now they're accepting socialized care yeah. that other people are paying for. I mean, Doctors Without Borders still needs money. They, yep. They're a charitable organization. People contribute to that. It's a social program, and these people go, and they're like, ah, socialism is terrible. Yeah. They'd rather get their socialized medicine once a year in a tent in the middle of a football field yeah. <clears throat> versus being able to see a doctor whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Redonkulous. Jane said the foundation receives about a thousand complaints a year, and while each complaint is taken seriously, not every complaint can be taken to court. Uh, while the organization receives complaints from all fifty states, this is just the Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. No, um, Jane said that there are a lot that come out of the Bible Belt. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, a lot of people don't know the Salvation Army is a ministry. Jane said they have a religious mission. They're an open. Open. They are openly a ministry first and foremost. Salvation Army Captain Benjamin Duell was out of the office and unavailable for comment. You know what's interesting is that they are definitely a religious organization, but you don't get that from their holiday ads when they've got the bell ringers no. out there. They're, yeah, they don't. They don't splash God nonsense all over everything because they know that would disincline people, yeah. a lot of people from contributing to them. And yeah, so. They're kind of shady about They're sneaky doing Christians. It. Yeah, sneaky that's, sneakersons. That's where right. I've never done it, but I, I wonder if I would have the balls to actually say it to the poor homeless people that do ring the bells for them, because most of them aren't very well-off people doing that. Being like, why don't you just donate some money to the Salvation Army, like because they help disenfranchise homosexuals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do all kinds of shitty things. I don't agree things with to people that I care about. So yeah, no, I'm not gonna give them money. And it bothers me that stores allow them to sit outside their store. Like if I if I were the CEO of a company that I wanted to make sure that everybody knew we were a progressive company, we wanted to take care of people, we treat our employees well, we're not going to discriminate against people, then I would tell the Salvation Army bell ringer to take a fucking hike because the organization that that person is representing absolutely does discriminate yeah. against those people. That's where I also wonder, because the, the place I see them at the most is like Walmart. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Walmart and some grocery chains I see them at, like Smith's here. I see them there usually. Yeah. Uh, But normal places, like, you don't really see them filling up. Oh, I don't go to the mall. Them Are they in the mall? I have no idea. I fucking hate the mall. <laughs> Me too. That's what I was just trying to think. I'm like, I was going to say they're not in the mall, but I'm like, wait, I don't even go to the fucking mall enough, and I especially avoid that kind of place around the fucking holidays. Oh, yeah. So I got no clue if they are in there or not. Dude, I worked at the Sabaros as assistant manager in the mall at the the uh, University Mall 
in Provo mm-hmm. and uh, at Cottonwood Mall when that was still around. And the holidays are fucking nuts, man. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it made me never, ever want to go back to the mall after after I stopped working there because it, it's just standing room only People packed in there like yeah. sardines. Everybody's angry. It's a lot fewer now that you can order online. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, a lot less foot traffic. Well, like, you know, malls and strip malls are closing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Andrew Yang has a plan for that. He yeah. wants to turn them into skate rinks. Roller derby. And, yeah. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. He's. I think well, he's got some good ideas and some other kind of wacky ideas. That's what happened to the mall that was in my hometown where I grew up. That thing closed down when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's, I think it all is all nothing but businesses now. Yeah. I remember when it's like, oh, I like that place, but I only liked it because it had an arcade in it. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of retail space that's open an and available for fairly cheap. Oh, oh, yeah. But then, too, it's sometimes zoned that you can only do like retail sales there. So yeah. You can't it's hard use for people it for to move in there, yeah. business or office space. You yeah. You have to have some sort of commerce. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got for us? I've got some else. Okay. Uh, like else. Israeli education minister Rafi Peretz. Peretz? Rafi Peretz? P-E-R-E-T-Z. Peretz. Sure. All right. Let's go with it. <laughs> Who previously served as the military's chief rabbi and was appointed last month to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's cabinet, said that assimilation marrying non-Jews, is like the Holocaust. Oy vey. Oh. <laughs> Are we sitting on that one? <laughs> I was. As soon as you said he was a rabbi, I was like, yes, I got it. Nice. <laughs> uh, during a July 1st cabinet, a spokesperson Tuesday confirmed to the Associated Press, citing three unnamed people in the room for last week's meeting, Axios quoted Parrots as saying, Jews in the United States marrying outside their religion was like a second Holocaust. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, that is one thing about like Hasidic Jews, especially like ultra Orthodox. Yeah. You keep it in the family. It's got to be, you get, you marry in the community and that's it. Yeah. That's it. The meeting reportedly involved a briefing by Jewish people, policy Institute chairman, Dennis Ross, and a senior official involved in the administrations of former presidents Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton. The discussion involved the increasing rate of unions between Jews and non-Jews, and to Peretz, this meant the Jewish people have lost 6 million people over the past 70 years, according to Axios. Because they're not marrying other Jews, they've lost yep. Jews. I don't. How, how does? Well, that... I I wonder if it's his form of Judaism. There's there's probably just as many forms of Judaism as there is Christianity out there. Oh, I don't think there's as many, but there there are. There's, there are I, a, a I, I hear about Jewish new strains, yeah. different Jewish strains all the time. Like I never even heard that <laughs> term before. I like that we were calling them strains. Like yeah, it's, it's a, a virus, virus. <laughs> yeah. instead of sex. <laughs> yeah. It's Daryl Ray's God virus. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even people who consider themselves culturally Jew have a d- bunch of different offshoots inside of that. Of <laughs> culturally as as, Jew. Yeah. What do you mean by culturally Jew? Oh, I'm culturally Jew means my family's Jewish or. <laughs> I observe certain practices, but not these, or I don't believe in this part of it. So that's why I kind of think it's, there's, it's like, they're like vegans. Yeah. You never, like every one of them has a different meaning behind what it yeah. means to be vegan. Right. Yeah. 
So this, but this rabbi doesn't think that anyone should be able to eat fish if they're vegans or vegetarians. Mm. He thinks they got to be strict. Yeah. Or yeah. else, yeah. or else it doesn't count at all. Yeah. No pescatarians allowed. Right. Uh, Axios reported that Israeli Energy Minister Yavul Steinitz pushed back. Uh, Yuval Steinitz pushed back, saying, we, uh, first, we need to stop disregarding and looking down on Jews in America that see themselves as Jews, not only religiously, but even more culturally and historically. Netanyahu reported, reportedly felt more strongly about U.S. Jews becoming more liberal, noting that their drift from religion was difficult to combat. I forget. Why are we keeping this shitty little military offensive territory around? <laughs> what are we doing? I don't because know. I fucking hate this. Because... Judaism is closer to Christianity than than uh uh the Muslims. Well, and we gotta we gotta protect that area for when Jesus comes back. Which one though? Which I hope Thor comes down and goes. You're both the last wrong. one, the Armageddon Jesus. I just want Thor Armageddon. To, I want Thor to show up <laughs> with his hammer, then tell them they're both wrong. This is my place now. Yeah. Uh, Peretz is an Orthodox rabbi who heads the United Right Alliance of mostly far right parties. The hardline views of this sector of Israeli society often clash with liberal political trends, and at times even the more secular right-wing groups like Netanyahu's Likud. The report drew a strong response from the Jewish community, not only in Israel, but in the U.S. as well. It's inconceivable to use the term Holocaust <laughs> to describe Jews choosing to marry non-Jews. <laughs> like I, that that cough was just tickling in my throat then he started doing that i'm like no i can't hold it back it trivializes the holocaust anti-defamation league ceo jonathan greenblatt tweeted tuesday it alienates so many members of our community this kind of baseless comparison does little other than inflame and offend Despite mm -hmm. the close relationship between Netanyahu and President Donald Trump's administration, which has unconditionally recognized Israel, Israel's control over the entirety of the yeah. contested city of Jerusalem and Syria's occupied Golan Heights, Israel's religious freedoms were the target of some criticism in this year's State Department report on global human rights released last month. Good. Mm-hmm. Israeli Foreign Minister Israel Katz was due to meet Secretary of State Mike Pompeo next week in Washington for a ministerial meeting on religious freedoms. Israel Katz? No, it's fake Katz. <laughs> Talking to Israel about religious freedom is a joke. <laughs> right? Well, and why are so many of them named Israel? What the hell? Well, and isn't, I mean, it, Israel is, is a secular state. It's not a, it's not a religious is it? state necessarily. It's, but well, it's, it's purportedly secular. Yeah. But is, is, it, is it? Yeah. It's supposed to be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I've, I've never been, seen them behave like they are. They've yeah. been fighting this religious war for so fucking long. It's because they don't belong there. They, they True. Got, they're being held, they're being propped up by the United States in this in this position where they were, they were put right down in the middle of all their enemies and we say, don't fucking well, touch them. Because <laughs> what it was, it was, it was, apple. It was it was post World War II, if I'm correct in thinking that 47, that, yeah. that, that land was divided, and, and here's your chunk, here's your chunk. After the war, everything was divided back up, and and Israel's just been taking it back, taking, taking it, it back, yeah. taking it back, taking it back. And then yeah, uh, yeah and they and they get pissed because a couple of brown people throw rocks at a brick wall. Well, well, and the thing is too is you get some of them saying, well, it wasn't their land before, so Israel has every right to it. It's like 
Yeah, but before then, like before, like Who's how land? far back are we going? Because that land it has wasn't been the through, Jews' land. No, it wasn't. But it's yeah. but they're saying it wasn't the Muslims' land either. The I've Palestinians who the, lived there. Yeah, the ones who are living there right at the time when because they were, <laughs> if, you, if you go back in history, every culture's lived in that area. Well, not ours, except obviously. for white Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, don't tell the Christians that, <laughs> Yeah, but it's how far back do you want to go to say, well, this originally was inhabited by these people and you can look at the architecture and be like, well, it's kind of, this is from the Ming dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. China probably was there. That was the end of the silk, the silk, uh, silk highway. road, silk road. Yeah. I don't know about the Chinese, but the Mongols were for sure. They were there. Uh, the I Samoans? Did the, did the Egyptians make it up into that? Oh, yeah. The, the Egyptian culture make it up into there? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, so there's been a lot of cultures that have been in that air, that, that one specific small area. So to say mm-hmm. anyone owns it because we had it first is fucking wrong anyways. Well, someone was first there, but... They're, they're dead. We don't know who that was. That culture's probably completely gone and not even recognizable today. Lost to the annals of history? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Funny you say that, because you can find a lot of history in those old toilets. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, studying their their plumbing systems. Their plumbing systems and the stuff that we find in it to say, oh, these people were eating good. Wait, what Look at all these toilets. diseases they had. <laughs> Just their dump piles. Their dump piles. Oh, dump okay. piles. Yeah. yeah. I believe that was their official name, the dump piles. piles. The dump piles. <laughs> I need to go to the dump pile today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wouldn't you need to every day? Depends on what you're eating. If it's real fibrous, you can be backed up for maybe a week. No, fiber makes you go. Yeah, fiber no, makes, it makes you go. fiber makes it like solid. I don't think that's correct. Are you sure about that? Well, I know that when I eat life cereal, I'm going. Just because they say life high fiber cereal. on the box of love life cereal doesn't mean <laughs> I thought, I'm talking. You're eating like a tree root. The tree root. <laughs> All right, we, we've got more stuff to cover, and we'll do that uh, in a minute. More poop. <laughs> Let's get some root beer. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm-hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in any time. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter-day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Imagine if your neighbor claimed to believe that there was a diamond buried in his backyard that's the size of a refrigerator. And you ask him why. You see him out on his lawn digging every Sunday with his family. Imagine how you would feel about his mental faculties if he said... Well, this belief gives my life a tremendous amount of meaning. You know, you don't understand. My family and I really enjoy digging for this on Sundays, and it has a a remarkable bonding effect on us. (laughs) Or, Or what if he said, I wouldn't want to live in a universe where there wasn't a diamond buried in my backyard. It's... It's pretty clear that these responses are inadequate, I mean, deeply inadequate. I mean, they're, they're worse than that. They really are the responses of a madman or an idiot. And it's so easy to see. And yet, change the subject to 
the existence of God who can hear your prayers, who's looking out for you, despite all of the other devastation we see in the world going on each day, God is protecting you and your family. You change, you change the subject to that proposition, and all bets are off. In fact, you could not possibly get elected to office in this country unless you endorsed that kind of thinking. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. And we're back. <laughs> I thought you was going to fart. You thought maybe I was having a stroke? Yeah. Dan's locked up. Somebody needs to reboot him. Uh, <laughs> what else you got for us? Um, I got a couple of else's. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was ScoMo... <laughs> Just last night, Scomo, his right hand likely raised heavenward, surrounded by 21,000 devotees at an Australian Hillsong annual conference, pontificating about what Australia needs now. Scomo is Scott Morrison. Uh, Scott Morrison. The Prime Minister. Oh, okay. Of the Australia. Oh. Yes. And- <laughs> more prayer, more worship, and more love, because that's how things are overcome. Like, Australia was doing good for a little bit. You said come. Huh? Australia seemed to be doing okay for a little bit there. Uh, uh, like, they're being inclusive of, like, LGBT. Well, didn't they have a atheist prime minister? I think so. I mean, it wasn't until, like, the 80s when they stopped kidnapping Aboriginal kids, too. So, I mean, they've mm-hmm. had a bad past of uh, some shittery. And they were doing good. <laughs> and now it sounds like this guy's bringing back the shittery. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that that one cop who was running for something in Australia and was making headlines everywhere because people were bringing up the fact that he had been charged with kidnapping <gasps> <Yeah>! kids. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> kidnapping an Aboriginal kid and driving him out to the middle of nowhere, taking their shoes. And, yep. Well, uh, I didn't really kidnap him. I let him go. <laughs> Yeah, you're not really helping your case no, there, buddy. You, you took him. <laughs> I just find it difficult, as tempting as it is as an American, to make fun of other people's voting records. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, need to clean up our own backyard. <laughs> my voting record, I think, has been pretty good. Yeah, your I personal think, one. Yeah, I hope you think it's been goddamn good. That your own personal record. Well, my problem is I can't remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you shouldn't think your own voting record's pretty so, good. So, remembering like... There's a couple I messed 12 up years here and there, ago. but... <laughs> remembering who I voted for like 12 years ago is just... <laughs> like it could have been George W. Bush or who knows? No, I didn't vote in the presidential one that year. Like local stuff? Fuck, I forget. Mm. Honestly, I don't think I've ever voted for a Republican... That I've that I have known about for a anyway. Republican for a for a Republican at least for you know standard political office I mm-hmm. might have voted for somebody who was a Republican in their private life but it was a non-party election in which I may have voted for them but yeah I don't think that I've ever voted for a Republican and it's not that I'm just oh, I'm I'm gonna vote straight Democrat all the time I look at who's running and who. What their values are. Yeah. And every time that I've gone, it's been a Democrat whose politics I'm most closely aligned with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Referring to the government's proposed religious freedom legislation, he he reportedly went on to proclaim the government would do what we need to do from a lawmaking perspective to protest people's religious rights. 
Protect, sorry. I was going to say what? <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> to protect people's religious rights. Uh, adding, I speak about my faith because I want everyone in this place to feel comfortable talking about faith in this country. It's not a political agenda. It's who we are. Yeah, but when he says that, I hear, as long as you're talking about the same faith I'm talking about, right. if it's not that same faith, fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just seems so fucking weird. When I hear people talking about religion, like, ser- like they they believe it sincerely. They seriously believe that God talks to them and protects them and that Satan is out to corrupt people. And they say stuff like that. And I'm just like, you sound like an idiot. Yeah. You sound re- – the things you're saying are fucking ridiculous. Like, can you can you hear yourself? Have you, like, recorded yourself and played it back later to hear how silly it sounds? It just – I I mentioned it to Tracy last night. We were watching The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And the <clears throat> episode that we were on, you know, she's she's the handmaid. The main character is living in this new land in the U.S. called Gilead. And it's super Christian, regressive, and oppressive against women. And she's having all of these memories about, you know, getting their baby blessed and, and everything. and then her husband gets their, you know, her new baby blessed. And it's like, Tracy and I are both like, why are you doing this? Why are you you're perpetuating this bullshit system? You're a, and I turn, I turn to Tracy and I'm like, see right there, moderates, moderates kicking the door open for these fucking extremist wackos. Like do away with all of that nonsense. Everybody would be better off. Yeah. And I've totally derailed your thing. Sorry. No, no. That's we fine. do that. Australian consensus man Australian census figures reveal that the number of Australians who identify as having no religion are now the most numerous response to the question of religion huh. at just over 30%. Those respondents eclipse people who identify as Catholics, Jews, Lutherans, Baptists or <clears throat> Hillsong church members. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps a more relevant question to be asking in 2019 is not just about uh freedom of religion, but for the rest of us, what about freedom from religion? Yes. As British writer and ethicist A.C. Grayling has written about those seeking special privilege for those for their religious beliefs, quote, on the contrary, to believe something in the face of evidence and against reason, to believe something by faith, is ignoble, mm. irresponsible, and ignorant, and merits the opposite of respect. It's time to say so. In here, here. Yeah. In fairness... Mr. Morrison chose his words very carefully at the Hillsong Conference this week. He described f- freedom of belief as fundamental and reportedly said Christians shouldn't prioritize love over or love over. They should prioritize love over judgments and lectures. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say, I love you so much. I'm going to judge you right now. Yeah. Whatever happened to the Christians who say, oh, it's not for me to decide. I'm not here to judge people. That's that's, you know, God is the one yeah, who judges right. people. That's what I was thinking too. This is still a much softer version than the American mm-hmm. counterpart, which is all fire and brimstone for everyone that disagrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as here's another Israel, <laughs> as the Israel Falau <laughs> controversy has shown, religion can and frequently has been used in, as a weapon to further stigmatize and persecute uh, gays and other minority groups. And there are fears that the prime minister's so-called religious freedom laws will give legal license to further discriminate. The real-world consequences for this, 
for the rest of us could impact everything from our rights to work, identify, uh, identify how we want to, or even which schools our children can gain entry to. Uh, the fear that we have already seen playing out elsewhere is that those same people demanding the freedom of religion won't extend that kind of freedom to others. I wonder, for example, if Scott Morrison's call for more love extends to those who don't fit his heteronormative mold, mm -hmm. particularly given he was one of the strongest no-advocates pre uh, preceding the same-sex marriage vote. I further question if Morrison's brand of love extends to transgender teens looking for support from bullying with, within their own schools, given that the PM has constantly opposed safe schools programs and warned of gender whisperers in our midst. Oh, fuck that guy. Yes. Gender whisperers? Mm-hmm. It, it was a sort of infamous tweet that he had. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, already just early days in his term in office, Mr. Morrison is showing himself to be perhaps the most open and fervently religious prime minister this country has ever seen. Awesome. Yeah. And to be clear, he is certainly entitled to his own religious beliefs, as we all should be, but that doesn't give him license to claim that religion is somehow at the core of Australia's national identity in 2019, mm -hmm. nor that it represents a vast majority viewpoint. Later in his speech, the, pri uh, the Prime Minister stated, The freedom to believe is so important that needs to be nourished and that needs to be protected. What this country needs is more than what this country needs more than that is the love of God. Uh. No one's trying to take away anyone's right to believe what they want, but the second point is simply his own opinion. So, here is mine. Uh, this is all from the writer of this, whose name is James Norman, by the way. Um, if your love of God gives people a license to discriminate, exclude, or further alienate already marginalized people, then to me that is not about love, it's about religious privilege, and it has no place in a secular democracy like ours in 2019 particularly when the majority of Australians simply don't share your faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I like yeah. I said, I, I don't understand how in today's age people can be extremely, extremely religious and talk about it openly because they sound like idiots. They just, yeah, it's, it's like little kids on the school playground talking about whose imaginary friend can beat up the other person's imaginary friend. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's, it sounds so ridiculous to me now. I can't even stomach to be around it for very long because I just want to start screaming at him like, you're fucking stupid. What are you arguing about? It's ridiculous. No. Stupid. Well, stupid. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? It's like every time I hear someone when they say Heavenly Father, I kind of chuckle in my head. <laughs> I'm like, our Heavenly Father has a plan for you. And I just kind of silently laugh. And I'm like, this boy, what the fuck? If he's got a plan for me, then his plan must be that I'm going to be an atheist and yeah. try to drag people out of religion, kicking mm -hmm. and screaming. And which seems really dumb for him to do. Yes. But Maybe next time I get some Mormons at the house and they'll say, well, God's got a plan for you. I'm like, well, was that plan for me to kick your ass off my porch? Because <laughs> that's about what's going to happen. <laughs> mm. uh, you have mm. other things? But, but I'm a decent human being, so I can't just kick their ass. Yeah. Yeah, violence. Like, violence is the last refuge of people who can't handle things the if other he, way. If you kicked one of my dogs, I'd <laughs> kick their ass, though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yes. 
The growth of secularism is unabated with fresh data showing stark generational differences and a new confidence among the non-religious to declare themselves atheist. Uh, Perhaps the new confidence in declaration comes from not having to face Christian racks or stake burning for doing so. (laughs) That could be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Only 1% of people aged 18 to 24 identify as Church of England in the UK. Uh, Even among over 75s, the most religious age group, only one in three people describe themselves as Church of England. Hmm. Across all age groups, the younger people are less likely to, uh, the younger people are, the less likely they are to call themselves Anglican. Good. The steady decline in religious belief among the British public is one of the most important trends in post-war history, says the BSA report. 52% of the public say they do not belong to any religion, compared with 31% in 1983, uh, when the BSA survey began tracking religious belief. Wow. The number of people identifying as Christian has fallen from 66 to 38% over the same period. Wow, that's a big drop. Yeah, that's two-thirds to one-third. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a a Jim Baker bucket lady. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Lori? Lori, yeah. Yeah, but your face looks real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Non-religious parents successfully transmit their lack of faith to their children, but two religious parents have only a 50-50 chance of passing on their faith, the report says. The non-religious are increasingly atheist. One in four members of the public stated, I do not believe in God, compared with one in ten in 1998. The figures challenge theories that people are believing but not belonging. In other words, that faith has become private rather than institutional. Mm-mm. The proportion of people who say they're who say they are very or extremely non-religious has more than doubled from 14 to 33 percent in the past two decades. Nevertheless, most people are tolerant of others' religious beliefs. The large majority of both non-believers and people of faith have positive or neutral views of individuals who belong to a religion. Only 3% of people said they would definitely not accept a a mixed-faith marriage within their family. Hmm. And I wonder how many of those intolerant 3% are atheists. I bet none. Mm, Almost none of them. I was going to bring that back to our other story and say I wonder how many of them are Jewish. Mm. It's the Jewy Jews. Mm. Jewish or – do Muslims hold on to that same – strict Muslims hold on to saying you should marry into a Muslim I imagine so, but I'm not positive. I know there's a lot more Muslim communities popping up uh, mm-hmm. in Europe. Not that they're just Muslim only, no-go zones. <laughs> <laughs> like Birmingham, right? Birmingham yeah. was a yeah. no-go zone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As religious, in, uh, religious adherence declines, trust in scientific institution is increasing, says the report. University scientists have a higher trust rating, 82%, than corporate scientists, 67%. Well, that's probably because the corporate is attached to it. Yeah, exactly. In terms of confidence in institutions, 11% of people say that they trust churches and religious organizations, compared with 36% who have confidence in the education system, 34 in the legal system, 16 in business and industry, and 8% in parliament. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> rough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I and I, once again, I wonder if this is part of the positive and negative of social media and the internet. Yeah, how so? Because 
the more likely you are to find someone if you think you're the only one, mm-hmm. but you find someone else and they're going, no, I'm I, f- I have the same views you do, and here's everything I've read and like, oh yeah, well that just solidifies your views in it, but it also creates a bubble because you're making friends that are all in the same bubble, which is a negative for the internet. But you're also finding out like, oh, I can be open about the fact that I don't believe in a god. Mm-hmm. I don't have to believe what my parents believe. Look at all these other people doing the what I feel like I should be doing, but I haven't had the courage to do yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> I was going to say, I think atheism is becoming more normalized all the time, and so it makes it easier for people to come out. There was there was a section of that article that you were reading where it mentioned something about, you know, it dispels the myth of faith becoming more personal versus institutional. Mm-hmm. And I think what is actually happening is that the people who everybody assumed were religious and would would attend religious institutions and churches and stuff like that there were a shit ton of people sitting in the pews who weren't believers yeah yeah but were going because of social and familial pressures right and now they realized oh well i can just not do that yeah (laughs) i don't have to do that there's not going to be huge repercussions for me necessarily not being religious i i see people every day online and everywhere else who are openly atheist and they're doing well and people still like and respect them and they're good people. I don't mm-hmm. have to pretend to believe anymore. I can just not fucking go to church. Yeah. Or I think you also have the group of people that would say, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Mm, yeah. And I've, I've questioned people that I've said before, and I've found a few that basically straight up say, well, I don't believe a God exists. I'm like, well, then you're a fucking atheist. <laughs> I'm like, by definition. It's like, but but I believe there's something out there. It's like, okay, well, then you're agnostic. But they're you, still atheists. But they're too. still, I mean, still atheists. They, do, they don't have an active belief in a in God. A God, God gods, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're an atheist. That's, that's what that means. But I think people were hanging, might have been hanging on to the word spiritual to be like, well, I don't want to sound like I'm not part of this group. Yeah. So I'll say I'm 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 with you, but it's I'm just a weasel not, word. Yeah. It's yeah. trying to be on board, but I'm not all the way there. I don't want to scare my religious friends. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what it boils yeah. down to. That's a better way to say like, it. Like I'm catering to dummies by saying this. Because I don't want the dummies to be really upset about yeah. about me being honest with them. And like you said, the more normalized the term gets and people realize, well, atheists don't sit here and eat your babies. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't worship Satan. We don't eat children. We don't murder people at random or willy-nilly. It's like all of that has been propagated and supported and put up by religious institutions yeah. and religious people and people wanting you to remain in the pews as tithe paying members of their organization. It's to scare you into keeping, it's to scare you into still sitting in fucking church instead of sleeping in and reading the newspaper and drinking a cup of coffee on the weekend or a beer or a beer. Well, yeah. I guess a lot of religions let you drink beer. Just yeah, a lot do and a lot don't. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny how people will float through different religious beliefs based on how they're feeling that week. Yeah, how how they feel, you know, how their mind has changed about different things, you know, they'll they'll go through this progression of, well, I was in this very conservative, rigid religion for a long time and it wasn't really fitting with me, so I then decided that I was going to be an Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Episcopalian church was okay and they're nice and open and everything, but God, I just got fucking tired of going to church, and it just seemed 
silly and weird. And so then I started looking into, you know, Buddhist practices or, you know, uh, Scientology or, oh, you know, don't go whatever, there. whatever other thing. And it's just like they go through this steady progression. And I've seen a ton of people do this where they were very, very religious. And as their beliefs change about different things, they become exposed to, to people outside their bubble in church that they realize that, oh, well, the gay agenda is to just live life like anybody else, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, be unafraid and unashamed of the people and that I may love and just live an open and authentic life. And Hey, they're not bad people. Yeah. Oh, well then that that's okay. So why is my church bashing on them all the time? Oh, it's because my church is wrong. So I need to change churches. Yeah. And they just kind of go through this steady progression of, well, that was a bullshit idea. So I need to go here and they have bullshit ideas about this and I'll go here. And they just keep moving until they find some place where they feel much more comfortable. And for a lot of people that is just being an openly secular atheist person. That's, like, hey, you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as you're not harming people. You know, yeah. you're not harming yourself or others, but the second that you, your beliefs do cross happen, that line, you do happen to do that and you do cross that line, then we're going to have an issue. Yeah. yeah. And you had mentioned Scientology there and I, a thought popped in my head. We have never had anyone on this show yet. Who's that, a Scientologist? That was, that was either. It would probably be hard to get a current Scientologist, but someone that maybe <laughs> was in Scientology I'll for a while. I'll just call up David Miscavige now. Well. Tell us think, why we should join yeah, your church, David yeah, boy. You think he would leave his giant ship in the ocean to come here and talk to us? <laughs> I don't think he's on a ship in the ocean. I, mean, I think he's main. He's on the mainland. Well, because they have that. Because that was like. I, I he's a landlubber. I can't remember <laughs> what the name of that boat was that they have. That, that giant yacht. The USS bullshit? Probably. Uh, but that was like the Mecca to get to go on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they found out they all had to do shit fucking detail work on the thing the whole time. Basically keep Miscavige's private yacht working. Yeah. You're all... It's it's kind of like the LDS church where they're all just yeah. conscripted into service of yeah. the church. They're not earning any money or anything. Yeah. It's, it's basically just slave labor for That's the church. That's what I'm like. I'm like, it's not a calling. God didn't call you to do anything. The church goes, well, we need someone new to go stock the shelves this week at the fucking food house. Hey, yeah. guess what? God said you should do it. <laughs> oh, yay. I like when God does that. Gives, That's like, me, gives me additional work. I remember someone posted on like the, the Utah atheist thing one time. It's like, well, I got this in the mail. And it was their notice. It was their turn that week to go vacuum the fucking meeting house. Oh, yeah. It's like. Yeah, the LDS church with its billions and billions of dollars can't afford to fucking hire cleaning crews. They they call on members, members. to volunteer to do all that shit. Yeah. Not volunteer, voluntold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bishop says that he'd like you to go and do this thing, Cape. Appreciate you much. Thanks. Bye. And he said the glory hole's empty, so get in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right well <laughs> we have more stuff that we'll talk about later this is matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to the godless revolution how might a decalogue look if it was written for the 21st century i never quite trust myself beginning a sentence by saying thou shalt not but let's see if we can adapt this famous question number one do not condemn people on the basis of their ethnicity or their color. Number two, do not ever even think of using people as private property or as owned or as slaves. Three, 
despise those who use violence or the threat of it in sexual relations. Number four, hide your face and weep if you dare to harm a child. Number five, do not condemn people for their inborn nature. Why would God create so many homosexuals only in order to torture and destroy them? Number six, be aware that you too are an animal and dependent on the web of nature. Try and think and act accordingly. Number seven, don't imagine that you can escape judgment if you rob people with a false prospectus rather than with a knife. Number eight, turn off that fucking cell phone. You can have no idea how unimportant your call is to us. Number nine, denounce all jihadists and crusaders for what they are. Psychopathic criminals with ugly delusions and terrible sexual repressions. Number ten, be willing to renounce any god or any faith if any holy commandments should contradict any of the above. In short, don't swallow your moral code in tablet form. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! All we're right, back. Ryan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we're, we're back. We're back. Okay. We just had a we just had a fun call. Yeah, we did. With a with a guest who will be coming on the show in a couple of weeks that I think everybody will have a, a, a blast. A whole with. lot of fun listening to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna put a thingy out on Facebook to uh let you know how you can communicate with this guest as well here yes. soon. Yes. So if you're not on our Facebook community or on our Facebook page on Facebook. Go get on that thing. It's uh-huh. on Facebook. Uh-huh. We're pretty easy to find. Yeah. Find. Uh, well, and, and I'll be, so I'll be posting, I'll be soliciting listener questions for this guest who I will be announcing via the social medias. Well, fuck, by the time you guys hear this, you'll probably already know. Uh, we're going to have um, Tony from Conversations with God on the show. We're going to have God on the show. And Conversations with God is a really fun show. If you guys haven't listened to it, uh, you should definitely go and check it out. I'm listening to it right now. There are, <laughs> there are, uh, he puts out two episodes per month, basically every other week. And they're, they're short. They're between 23, like 25 20, minutes, 25 minutes a piece. And they're, it's just fun. It's well it's, done. Yeah. Very, very well done. Audio's great. Uh, which is one of the things that really determines if I'm going to listen to a show is, how good is it's, the audio? Yeah. Because sometimes the content is great, but it's just painful to, to listen, listen to, to. And so I stop. <laughs> yeah. But no, the, and his show is a whole Funny. lot of fun. It's a satire show centered around Tony having conversations with the Almighty. Yes. And he does fun little skits and movies with God and makes makes little jingles for his segments and stuff that are <laughs> just really fun. They're, it's awesome. And we just had a chat with him to kind of arrange how we were going to do the show in a couple of weeks. And I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Um, next week we will have a listener in studio with us. Yes. That will be a lot of fun. If you are a listener in the audience and would like to come on the show, let us know. Send us a message at godlessrevolution at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter. Though, if you contact us on Twitter, your response from us will be 
Uh, probably uh, postponed a bit because I don't check it very often. I don't, I don't even have Twitter. <laughs> I don't. Tw- I don't Twitter. The best way to contact us is either on Facebook, on our Facebook page, or in our Facebook community, or uh, through email is probably the best way. And that's godlessrevolution at gmail.com. But if you want to come on the show to talk about something, let us know. We'd love to have you as a guest. The best way to get a hold of Dan is just to text him 555-801-784-2053 is my phone number. Holy shit. Yeah. You can you can contact me there. I look forward to uh, getting some shitty text <laughs> that messages. Is, from, that, that was not from my intention. Oh no! But, I, uh, my, well, my phone number is all over the place because yeah. I have it out there as my contact number for American atheists, and that's mm. I believe published in their magazine and on their website. So it's out there, easy to find. But yeah, you can contact me. Or actually, we have a show phone number. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. That would be an even Rebel. better idea. Three three zero eight one Rebel. You can contact us that way. That would probably be better than my personal phone number. Yeah, but. yeah. That one, the three zero three zero eight one rebel, just goes to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you can bother Ryan because we tied that one to his number. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you, it's a it's a Google Voice number, and so you've yeah. got to tie it to a regular phone number. So, yeah, although it is set up, so just be warned if you call that number, it goes to a voicemail. Yeah, it just goes straight to voicemail. So we won't be answering those calls, but you can certainly text us there. You can call and leave a message. You can send us an email, contact us on Facebook, Twitter. You'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll get in contact eventually. It just might take a little bit longer if you use something other than our email or show phone number or my number. That's fine too. Call me. (laughs) We can chat. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you wanted to talk about some. Uh, I want to talk about some soccer you stuff. Want to, some football. Yeah. Because well, this last week, uh-huh. uh, the women's team yeah. won the World Cup. They did again, again for the fourth time. USA, USA, USA. Well, they have won the most amount of World Cups in history now. Oh, really? I did. I I'm not like I saw that they won, and I was happy yeah. and glad. And for. For women's world, there've only been the women's world cup. Yeah, only been eight women's world cups. Oh yeah, and, and they've won, won half four of them. of them. Wow, and they have either won, they've placed either one or took in second in almost every single one of them. Wow, awesome! So, what have they taken in the other years? <laughs> uh, third. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so needless to say, the women's world, the women's national team for the U.S. is a really good team. They're they very, kick ass as well as balls. Yes. Awesome. And their captain for the team, mm-hmm. Megan, uh, Megan Rapino. Is it Rapino or Rapino? I don't know how you say it. I say Rapino. Yeah. I don't know if it's Rapino. Rapino sounds fine. Rapino? Sure. Uh, she's a fucking badass. Yeah. Not only was she the captain for the U.S. women's soccer team, she would probably say, I would say she's arguably one of the best female soccer players in the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, the... The game prior to the final sh- that was two zero and she scored both goals herself, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the two that game and the game before, she scored two goals in both those games. She was the first person to score two goals in games back to back for the World Cup. Wow. So she's breaking glass ceilings mm-hmm. and records. Awesome. And she pissed off Donald Trump. That's the best part. So she basically said, "No, I do not want." If we get someone had asked her, she didn't just blatantly go no i'm not going to the white house someone asked hey do you want to go to the white house if you guys win the world cup and she said no fuck that guy 
I don't want to, I don't want to go. And she said, well, most of the team doesn't want to go either. Mm. Uh, Megan Rapinoe is a lesbian. So a lot of the laws and stuff, she even says she like the stuff that he's doing is totally against me personally. Mm. And a lot of the other women on the team, mm. like he has no respect for us. So why should I have any respect for yeah, him? Why would we go and visit some asshole? Yeah. yeah. So, but now on the, con- the, right conservative side of stuff you got everybody well i would boycott soccer if i could but i don't watch that shit anyways now fuck her fuck that team (laughs) all because she is speaking her own mind and saying no i disagree with the way he treats people like me in this country this is america land of the free to believe like i do and then to top it all off at the end of the game you know how they go out in the field, they wave flags around and stuff. Um, yeah. Megan and two of the other teammates were, or one other teammate was standing next to her. Hmm. Another teammate came running over to take a photo with her, and she dropped the flag on the ground, and someone else picked it up real quick. Hmm. The alt right news goes to Megan Rapino stomps on flag <laughs> after World Cup. <laughs> then you watch the footage, like it was, it hit the ground for a split second. And someone picked, someone else picked it up. Yeah. And she, it's a fucking piece of cloth. She people. ran over Jesus there. Jesus Christ. She ran over there to get into a photo. The way you're making this sound, like, they threw it on the ground and were jumping and stomping on it for a photo op. Yeah. When all that happened was it fell between the one woman's legs and someone else picked it up. Yeah. She has ran around the field adorned with an American flag several times. I'll, and, bet, I'll bet Jesus would be pretty upset at these people for worshiping a false idol. Yeah. But just for the fact that she said she will not. She does not want to talk. She goes, she said, she goes, I'll talk to any member of Congress or in the Senate or any of that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to, she's one of the big people that's pushing for equal pay for women's soccer. Mm. So for them, they will take home for winning the gold medal Mm. for for winning the cup. uh, They'll take home $90,000 a piece. That's pretty good, but it's every four years. Yeah. It doesn't seem uh, sustainable. The men's team. $500,000. $500,000. Really? Yep. Per player? Per player. Wow. That seems uh, not quite equal. No, especially not quite equal when the men's team hasn't even made it to the finals since sometime in the ninth. No, no, well, never, they've never made it to the final game. Yeah. They've taken third once. Last uh, World Cup for the men's, they didn't even qualify. Hmm. And they still get paid more than the women's for losing. Wow. That's uh, pretty shitty. Yeah, it is. That's very terrible. So she's pushing for equal pay. That's 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 one of the big things. And actually, that was one of the cool things. So two more real cool things. Yeah. One, when the women won, Mm. Fox News was at a bar over there because it was in France. Mm. They were at a bar over in France. And the crowd behind saw that it was Fox News and news on the air. And they started chanting, fuck Trump. Awesome. And two, when the game was over with, guess what the crowd chanted? Fuck Trump? Equal pay. Oh, nice. The crowd started chanting equal pay when they won. Awesome. So it's like everyone's behind them. And there's also the fact that men's World Cup. Now, people throw the numbers out there for men's soccer in the U.S. For club teams, they make more money than the women's do. But for Mm. FIFA World Cup games, the women make more money than the men. Oh, really? The men never make it anywhere. Yeah. They don't make it like like this last time. They never made, even made it into the top 16. Hmm. The U.S. women's team is always at the final game. 
Hmm. So they generate more revenue than the men's team does. And get paid less for it. And get paid less for it. Yeah, that sounds like some bullshit. Yeah. Well, I hope she is able to help get that changed. Uh, and there's some senators have even come on board with, yeah, we'll, we agree with you. So they're, they're trying to push through and be like, hey, FIFA, uh, basically f- forcing a Title IX situation on FIFA to say, you pay them equally. It's a national team. It's not a club team. Mm-hmm. They're national teams. Mm. So nationally, they should both be getting paid the same. You would think so. Yeah. Because yeah. in the Olympics, it doesn't matter if you're male or, male or female, you get paid out the same amount of money for winning gold, silver, and bronze. I don't know how any of that works. Like, I watch the Olympics sometimes. I watch little bits of things, but I... Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember what it, I, I can't remember what it was. I wanted to say it was something like $25,000 for a gold medal is what a U.S. Olympian gets. Mm. Each country does their own thing. Uh, there was one country where I think we, we looked, when we looked it up, it was a few million dollars, American dollars they get, but the country has never won a medal, period. Oh, wow. So basically the, the first time someone in their country wins a medal, the dude's an instant millionaire. <laughs> hmm. Well, that's all very interesting. But yeah, she's a badass and she's been getting shit on and she handles it well. She's been doing a lot of news stuff since they got back to the U.S. Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't agree with his agenda. And uh, I can say that. I watched part of her speech um, in New York after the parade. Where she was talking about, like, uniting. and Yes. Yeah, that we need to come together yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. yeah, it was a good speech, yeah. the, the parts that I watched. She, she seems very cool and just genuine and, and yeah. Yeah. I was, I was impressed. So I think she should be looked at as a... Uh, Someone that could be looked at as a, or should be looked at as a uh, role uh, model. Role model. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> a model that you roll. Thing. <laughs> oh, we don't want to kill him though. No. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Mormon Church, <laughs> <laughs> that is not a role model. <laughs> uh, it was. It was recently announced that the LDS Church has put out a survey. Asking their membership their thoughts around moving the age at which children are interviewed by bishops to be even younger, which is Fuck. a big problem. So it was kind of cool. I'm in I'm in the private Facebook group that is mentioned in this article that we're going to read and go through. And it was kind of cool watching the genesis of how this story came together and and went online and and is now available for everybody to enjoy and view um it was just it's kind of cool seeing the wonders seeing of how social the media is made about about different things like this how how the story came to be out there in the wild uh, this comes to us from local news station channel 2 KUTV uh so it says Salt Lake City Sorry, the headline is LDS church considering lowering age for youth interviews with clergy to 8 Survey says, because of course, eight the really. Survey says. <laughs> survey says, uh, eight is the age of accountability within the, within yeah. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Well, is that, so that's the, that's the age, age of accountability when they become a, what do they become at that age? Baptized. Well, you get baptized, but don't they get a, a certain status for the men? I don't remember what ages or different things. There's deacon. 
priest, elder. I don't, and Deacon, I don't remember. Deacons at twelve, teachers at fourteen, elders at eighteen or nineteen. So they don't, they don't get anything at eight. A baptism, baptism. just a yeah. baptism. Yeah, is that when they're allowed to enter the temple then, or no? I don't know how old you have to be. To Can go they do the baptisms temple? for the dead at eight after they've been baptized? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know either. I think at 12, by 12 they can. I don't know if they can go younger or not. I was just wondering if the age of eight they were picking was baptism and maybe to enter the temple. Like, to be temple worthy, you have to go through an interview, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is all questions for me. Because yeah. they're, they're well, and, a and mysterious I, cult. Yeah, I, and I just noticed, you know, I, so I read the story before, but I just noticed, oh, eight. Yeah, well, of course, that makes sense because that's their age of accountability yeah. and when you can get baptized and so maybe the bishop wants to follow up with you and make sure that you haven't had all of your sins washed away and now you're out committing fresh new sins god damn it we just went over this no we more just sin. cleaned all of this dirty filthy genital touching stuff off of you and now you're doing it again you little monkey <laughs> keep your finger <laughs> out of your butt <laughs> uh story says salt lake city a survey commissioned by the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints inquires about lowering the age of youth interviews with clergy from age 12 to 8. LDS Church spokesman Daniel Woodruff provided two news with the following statement on Wednesday. Quote, On an ongoing basis, the church sends surveys to leaders and members to seek their opinion and experience regarding activities, perceptions, and participation in church programs. The church also looks for ways to assist parents in the spiritual growth and development of their children. Periodic interviews with a parent or trusted adult present is one of many considerations to help children remember the baptismal covenants they have made and follow Jesus Christ. This survey is designed to simply gain information and is not an announcement of any change in practice. Story continues. Oh, what? I was going to say, it's more like, we're going to do this, but we want to see how accepting you're going to be <laughs> yeah. of it. That's basically what it sounds like, right? Like, oh, we've decided we're going to do this. What kind of pushback and flack are we going to get yeah. from the membership for it? Uh, story continues and says the church has come under national scrutiny, scrutiny, national scrutiny recently with headlines about children being asked sexually explicit questions with some cases of abuse. Sam Young, a former bishop, started a movement called Protect LDS Children to get the church to stop such interviews. Young was eventually excommunicated for his actions. We talked about this, I think, yeah. just last week. Yeah, even. because he gets excommunicated for asking them not to ask sexually explicit questions to children, mm -hmm. while a guy sexually abused children and doesn't get yeah. excommunicated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the survey was sent to various church members via LDS.Qualtrics.com, which is run by LDS-owned Intellectual Reserve, Inc. Uh, and then it has a headline from the survey that says, This survey is being conducted by the Correlation Research Division of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The church is considering having primary children ages 8 to 11 receive periodic individual interviews similar to the current practice of interviewing young men and young women. So it's not just like an interview at eight. It's an ongoing interview. Yeah, it's like every six months, I think, Huh? they go in for their interview. Uh, one member, Talia Draper of Harriman, posted photos of the survey in a private Facebook group and gave two news permission to publish them. And it was fun watching that interaction back and forth. Yeah. Like, she posted them and the, and the reporter, Adam, was like, hey, uh, I'm a reporter with two news. Do you mind uh, 
if I share these and, and write a story about it? And can I talk to you? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. So it was fun. Um, Draper, who considers herself an, quote, inactive member of the LDS church, end quote, was shocked when she opened up the survey, telling Two News, quote, Frankly, my mouth dropped wide open as I read the words, the church is considering having primary children ages 8 to 11 receive periodic individual interviews similar to the current practice of interviewing young men mm -hmm. and young women. Considering that many, if not all, of the church's highest ranking leaders, thanks to Sam Young, are personally aware of the abuse that a large number of people have suffered at the hands of some of its leaders during these one-on-one -on -one interviews, it absolutely baffles me that they would be considering beginning these interviews at even younger ages. I was genuinely hopeful that the LDS Church was moving toward changing the practice of conducting these interviews, and this just feels like a giant slap in the face. I cannot fathom how they do not see the potential for grooming and abuse with this practice. I just cannot understand it. Story says, you can see cell phone screenshots of all the survey questions in our gallery above. Survey begins, your honest, <clears throat> excuse me, your honest feedback will provide valuable information on this proposed change. Your individual answers will be kept confidential. Your participation in the survey is important but voluntary. Your responses will be combined with those received from other participants, and they will be used only to identify broad statistical trends and not any individual information. Hmm. That could be true, but I know as a former Mormon and participant in some of their religious bullshittery, that there is a constant state of fear among members that they'll do something wrong and another member will rat them out to the bishop or stake president or first counselor or somebody else in the local church hierarchy, and then that person will be disciplined. So there's, within the LDS church, rampant, rampant tattletale, yeah. <laughs> tattletelling on other people. That's why the joke exists. How do you keep a Mormon from drinking your beer? Yeah, how, yeah. When you go fishing, how yeah, do you keep yeah. how do you keep a Mormon from drinking your beer? You got to take two of them. Yeah, <laughs> so that the you know one won't drink because the other that is one. there and will get told on. So yeah, you have to have two with you. Pardon me, my throat is very dry. Jeez. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, Draper answered each question in the survey based on her true opinions and clicked submit. When asked why she thinks the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Jesus Christ, when asked why she thinks Mormons would want to lower the age, Draper told Two News, quote, "I have absolutely no idea. In my opinion, there is not one purpose that can trump the safety of our children. Not one single purpose." Uh, then it has the questions that are found on the survey, and it's if the church were to do interviews with eight to eleven year old children, who would you prefer conduct those interviews? The bishop. A counselor in the bishopric, either the bishop or a counselor, a member of the primary presidency, a member of the young men's or young women's presidency. None. Yeah. None, none of the above is not an option. And none of those <laughs> none of those are combinations of yeah. more than one person. It's all solo adult with a lone child. Right. Yeah. Aside from the interviewer and child, who else would you prefer to be present in an interview with your primary child? Mark oh. all that apply. The the options are no one else, myself, my spouse, a bishop bishopric member, or a primary leader. Uh, next question is: Are you aware of the new church policy allowing parents to sit in on youth interviews with members of the bishopric? And it's either yes or no. Because they did, 
make a change in policy where now children can request that somebody else be in the room with them. But a lot of members are not aware of it. I, I didn't know they made that change. Yeah. They didn't make it public like they do everything else. <laughs> yeah, they they rolled it out to, I believe, just the the people within the church hierarchy, bishops, stake presidents, and first counselors, all those people. And it stayed there. And yeah, I think that with a lot of congregations, that's exactly what has happened. Uh, what are your preferences regarding the following topics that could be covered in an interview with your primary child? Uh, the survey gives three options for each topic. Prefer this be discussed, no preference, or prefer this not be discussed. And those topics are challenges in their life, positive things in their life, their spiritual development, progress towards youth achievements, for example, progress in the new youth program, their relationship with family members, or oh, worthiness. worthiness. Have you masturbated? And that is, yeah, the worthiness questions are the ones that people are most upset about because yeah. it's, you know, are you quote unquote unworthy to be a member of the church, to go through the temple, to hold sacrament, all of the, all of the quote unquote uh, benefits of being a member. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you actually worthy of those benefits? Have you touched a titty that wasn't yours? And so it's, so it's, you know, some, some guy in a room alone with a kid asking them, have you touched yourself? Do you masturbate? How often do you masturbate? Do you How? enjoy it? Have you touched someone else? What What yeah. are your sexual proclivities? What are your preferences? What do you do? It's just fucking creepy. You like, should not have an adult person yeah. asking a child these questions by themselves. It opens up as as uh, the the person who was interviewed for this said. It just opens up the possibility for more grooming. From people who are seeking to abuse these kids in a room alone by themselves. Yeah. It's, it's a really fucking terrible idea. Uh, one purpose of the current Bishopric youth interviews is to help youth establish a trusting relationship with a priesthood holder. If the church were to do interviews with 8 to 11 year old primary children, how important would it be to you that your child establish a trusting relationship with a priesthood holder? Well, since they like to molest kids, not at all. Yeah. And the options are not at all. Slightly important, moderately important, moderately important, very important, or extremely important. And really, again, this is this is basically teaching kids, hey, it's okay to go into a room alone with an adult person as long as that person is a church leader or somebody that the church designates as someone who is quote-unquote safe to be around. Yeah. And we've seen how fucking horrible that can turn out to be for a lot of these kids when they're put in the room, when they're put in a room with somebody with bad intentions. And it's okay for that person to talk about sexual things with yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just <clears throat> wild to me. I was, there was the, the one not that long ago where the woman brought her kids to the church because she had to go for a job interview or something. and thought they'd be safe there and they got raped. That's terrible. Yeah. W was this a LDS church? No, this was, uh, this was, this wasn't in, in Utah. It was a, uh, a normal cookie cutter. A normal church? Baptist one. <laughs> it wasn't a Mormon church. No. It was a normal church. Yeah. It was a less culty church. Uh, the next question on the survey is, overall, are you in favor of or opposed to the proposal to do interviews with children ages 8 to 11? This question has a sliding scale that respondents can slide between the following three options. Very much opposed, neutral, or very much in favor. And the last question was open for user feedback. Draper responded by saying, quote, 
I'm just unbelievably confused as to why the church is considering implementing interviews with children ages 8 to 11, when they are blatantly aware of the immense amount of abuse that has been endured by so many people at the hands of its bishops, leaders, and stake presidents behind closed doors in one-on-one interviews. I am literally flabbergasted. Why on earth would the church continue to put children in harm's way? Why? (laughs) The First Presidency announced in a letter dated June 20, 2018, New Guidelines for Interviewing Youth. In addition, the church's official handbook of instructions was updated. Bishops are advised to share with youth and parents the following information about interviews. Bullet point number one. Parents have the primary responsibility to teach and nurture their children. No shit. (laughs) Bullet point number two. Typically, the bishop or one of his counselors will interview the young man or young woman at least twice a year for the reasons outlined in purposes of interviews below. Okay. A bishopric member may also meet with youth to answer questions, give support, or extend assignments. And this is not included here, but also maybe ask them really fucking uncomfortable questions and lead them to grooming. Or, you know, maybe just molest them while they're in there. So, when I see extend assignments, Mm -hmm. first thought popped in my head, child labor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they, they have members very young who volunteer to clean churches and shit. Uh, third bullet point says to help youth prepare spiritually, interviews are required for sacred matters, such as temple recommends, priesthood ordinations, and mission calls. Leaders work with parents to help youth prepare for these interviews. Fourth bullet point is parents encourage their children to meet with the bishop when they need his help with spiritual guidance or with repentance. And that just seems really fucking creepy. Yeah. Because these aren't trained professionals. No. They're lay people yeah. just selected from the membership. Free labor. And and they're interviewing kids about this stuff. That's, that's just wild. Uh, last bullet point says if a youth desires, if they desire, yeah. he or she may invite a parent or another adult to be present when meeting with the bishop or one of his counselors. <sighs> I don't think that information is filtering down to the membership. No. Um, key matters for discussion during these interviews include the growth of the young person's testimony of Heavenly Father, the mission and atonement of Jesus Christ, and the restored gospel, the church stated. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just not a good thing, not a good no. idea, really fucking terribly bad idea for them to do this, I think. I mean... I won't feel safe with the clergy member alone in the room with me. Yeah. Yeah. They're a lot of the time very fucking creepy. Yeah. It's, I just. I mean, I can be creepy, but they're another level. I can't imagine sending my eight to 11 year old child into a room with a closed door and some dude asking them, asking my kid, do you touch yourself? Do you pleasure yourself manually with your hands? Do you do you get an erection? Do you do you have, have a special orgasm? flashlight? How often do you do this? What do you what do you fantasize about? Yeah, no, that's just really Disgusting. a fucking terrible idea. These are questions that parents would perhaps ask their child and explain things to them, but it's not. And, and the other part of this is if the if the kid says yeah yeah I've I've, I've touched myself or whatever. Like, oh, like, well, then that's really bad, and you're going yeah. to have to repent. 
So it, it instills this sense of shame in kids about their own You're gonna bodies. You have to stop yeah. and then repent yeah. and yeah. then, you know. Yeah. How many yeah. of these kids have peed their pants because they're worried about touching their own penis? Would that make you pee your pants? Well, if you can't get it out to pee in the urinal. Oh, I mm. get what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I know a ton of people who have had interviews with, with bishops and, and other clergy leaders in the LDS church and were made very, very uncomfortable by yeah. it. Well, I know I've, I've mentioned it here before, but one of my buddies that his kid that converted to Mormonism, mm. when he went in for his interview for his mission, he had to wait six months because he told the bishop he masturbated. Yeah. So they, they basically force you to either lie about it. Yeah. So that you can do whatever the church wants that, you to do. Yeah. Or confess and then shame you for, for having natural human tendencies. That's yeah. really a bad, bad idea. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be reducing the age at which they're interviewing kids. They should be doing away with but, that. Yeah. Cause yeah. I don't, is it, is it the bonobo chimps or bonobos that we're very closely related to? Yes. And those things just run around jerking off all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Bonobos are sexy fiends. They they like to play with themselves a lot. Yeah. Well, I do too. So we're but, at we're at where our link is. And see, social mores dictate that I can't just do that in public whenever I want. Yep, they do not have. Or those, I might. <laughs> those social cues for them are not there. They're just like, hey, people at the zoo, I'm jerking it. Yeah. I don't have much else going on. Figure I'll masturbate while you guys yep. watch. <laughs> <laughs> makes, makes it more exciting for me personally. They also rape a lot too, which is not not that's not, not, not that's acceptable. That's a bad thing. I think most animals do. Yeah, yeah, but I think bonobos do it more more than humans. Well, they do it in the open. Mm. <laughs> not not behind closed not, doors. Not behind church doors. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <clears throat> I see. Uh, but that will wrap things up for us this evening. We have fun stuff in the futures. Yes. And, and well, every day is just fun when I get to record with both of you. Thank I'll, you. I'll have a good time. I appreciate you coming over. Yeah. And, and talking and one of these days stuff. you're going to be one puppy short when I leave though. No. Don't kill <laughs> the dogs. I'm not going to kill it. I'm going to take it home. <laughs> if you take any of them, fucking take Sophie. She's terrible. She's I, a terrible dog. I'd be afraid Oz would just think it's a chew toy. She's a snack. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Oz, I brought you a treat. I mean, she is smaller than Oz's head. Yeah. She's itty bitty. I mean, Lulu's. All had, six pounds of her. Yeah. And all 55 of Oz. Oz and <laughs> but 45 of Lulu. <laughs> um, Let's see. I think that's it. That's it for us. We're done. No, we got to thank our Patreons. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> telling you man cognitive decline i'm i'm suffering uh see before we go i want to make sure that we thank our patreon oh, patrons really? thanks to ryan reminding me <laughs> that would be alan firth new mania christy callback gaytheist larry wilson steven andrus let them eat coffee two skeptical chap michelle short vanessa captain samples don't be a richard you stole it oh shit you saw outcasts i was just really excited <laughs> don't be richard is a new patreon supporter yeah uh go uh now, I, now we're all fucked up janet uter Mary Scott Buchakowski. Wes Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jesse Pointer. Oh, I get this one again. <laughs> Freethinker215. And Mara Quinby supports Secular Coalition of America. For America. 
Savita Kuna. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor, Taylor Grin. Grin. Who recently had a birthday. And we Yay. sang happy birthday to you happy last birthday. week. He, he liked it. Did he? Yeah, didn't you see he sent us a message? I did not see it. Oh. Was it an email? No, it was on our Facebook. Oh, I'll have to go and check it out. Cause I, no, I haven't seen it. And you just said earlier the best place to get a hold of us is on Facebook. Well, you must have read it. And then I, I did. So I didn't get a notification. All right. Okay. Or I, something happened. Okay. But yeah. So we'll have to go and check it out. Then. Okay. I'll do that. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, so until next week, crucify those pervy bishops. Leave a review and you can leave this room. <laughs> Rate the show five times a day toward dead dogs. Oh, oh no, that's bad. Oh, that's... uh, dead cats. Yeah, I don't like cats. <laughs> They're both terrible. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys have weak ass, sloppy claps. My claps that are was usually really though. loud. <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> was like. <laughs> <laughs> Do you clap like that? I was just trying to make the loudest noise. I usually do. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Because this way... Hurts. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. No, but it hurts. And it looks weird. It hurts. It's, it's loud. It looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> I like things! <laughs> I think we got enough marks. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be able to tell where this starts. And even if you want to use it for a cutting room, now it's going to have fucking sloppy claps all through it. <laughs> Sl- sloppy claps. Sloppy claps. Sloppy claps. <laughs> Slop, sloppy claps.